Welcome to Trail Towns Radio with Paul Vanderplug and Dieter Karsnes, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. I'm Dietz and this is Trail Towns with Vandy. We will tell you everything you need to know to plan your next bike holiday and where you should stay, the trails you should ride and the places you can eat. We're going to chat to legends, rock stars, A-listers and a bunch of cool people. So Dietz, before we start the show, I'd love to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we're on today and which is the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and pay our respect to the elders past, present and emerging. Absolutely. Vandy, virtually every episode of Trail Towns, we have an Aboriginal person from the region tell us about the the history and the importance of where we're riding. And honestly, it's something that you and I never lose sight of. Every time we ride, you and I often comment just what a beautiful country we're in and, and really respect the fact that there were people here long before us riding pushies. Yeah, totally. So I guess for the listeners, who are we? Well, Vandy, I am an absolutely obsessive cyclist. I love motorbikes. I've got two daughters, neither of whom talk to me and they think I'm a dag. (laughs) And I love to have holidays with my bikes with my partner, Jane. Well, uh, yeah, it sound, that sounds pretty accurate. Well, I, I mean, I'm a country boy and I grew up riding and racing bikes and I just love exploring new places on bike. It's my favourite thing to do in the world. Yep. And together we host the massive hit show, Trail Towns on SBS. Yes. And now we're doing Trail Towns on the radio and on your podcasts. We're unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on this week's show, boy, oh boy, do we have some special people, but no more so than Anna Mears. She's an absolute legend of Australian cycling, winner of six Olympic medals. I think two of them were gold as well. And we've also got John Bridges coming up, who's the producer of New Zealand's The Project. And he's also written a book about cycling called Easy Rider. And he knows everything about New Zealand and cycling. Yes, we'll be delving into some controversy, Vandy, around e-bikes, the new big thing. We're going to sort of riff on e-bikes for a little while. And, of course, we've got Jammo. Oh, of course we've got Jammo. (laughs) All right. Well, what have we been up to this week? So much. Uh, I think the biggest news, I think anywhere, I don't know if you've caught the news services around the world, but... Trail Towns now has merch. and Ah, yes. We've hit the big time. We're actually legitimate because we have merch with our name on it. And um, we have T-shirts and we've got riding kit, both for women and men. We've got uh, caps. We've got everything. And also, we have it, but it's very limited. So, yeah, you have to get in quick. Otherwise, the merch will be gone. So. Watch out on uh, the website and the social medias and uh, you'll find out where you can buy it. Exactly. And we've signed a few T-shirts, Vandy. So if you're getting quick, you'll get all the unsigned ones and then you won't get the No, ones. we don't want to devalue the merch <laughs> before know. people buy it. It's worthless. We use, it um, a, use it as some sort of chamois. Anyway, what's some, happening in your week? Some exciting, uh, also sort of merch-related. Uh, our friends at Shimano sent me the latest... Durace group set, which is the road group set. It's now gone up to 
12 gears on the back and two on the front. And it's got this wireless technology. So somehow you send wireless signals from your shifters to a sensor and then that activates the shifting. It's very advanced stuff. Can't wait to build the new giant TCR with the uh, Shimano Durace. Are we on the wireless now? Does, is that a sort of a similar technology? Or Well, you keep saying we're on the wireless and I feel like that's <laughs> some really old time reference. <laughs> <laughs> My nana used to say it. Hey, there is something really interesting. I, I I did make a joke last week that this is actually your first ever job, but apparently you've just landed another job. Yes, I'll be uh, soon consulting for the new all-year-round epic trail in the Ride High Country region that goes from Beechworth to Yakandanda, so purpose-built mountain biking. For those of you who don't know the region, so you've got a rail trail that goes from Wangaratta to the top of Beechworth, a beautiful rail trail. Beechworth is this incredibly historical gold town and Yak's about 30 k's or 35 k's away down this gentle hill. Yes. Another historical town and they're building an epic trail. What is an epic trail? Well, epic trail is internationally recognized. There's one at Mount Buller, the Alpine Epic, but they're claiming that this one's all year round because the Alpine Epic gets snow in winter. Mm. So it's going to have really nice flowing berms and jumps and not too hard. And uh, obviously there'll be bee lines for you, mate. That's sea lines more like. <laughs> but in all seriousness, there is in fact also an old historic rail line from Beechworth to Yak, which was sort of just disused. And now they're making that into a rail trail, I understand. Yeah, I actually drove through that region the other day with Chloe and you can see them putting in the infrastructure so it is quite environmentally friendly and utilising the old railway line. So that's why it's such a perfect thing. And you know what we always say about railway lines because they're not too steep and they're, they're not too challenging because the – why is that? Because trains don't like hills. <laughs> <laughs> metal does On, not have very good traction. <laughs> On metal. No, no, Beechworth's the mate. We've got to get Ben from Bridge Road Brewers to tell us all about the Beechworth region one oh, I'd week. I'd love but, that. Uh, look, that's it for this amazing little segment. You know what's coming up next? We have an absolute champion of Australian cycling. We have Anna Mears coming up next on Trail Towns Radio on SEN, Vandy. Oh, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. You're on SCN with Vandy and Dietz on Trail Towns. That's right, mate. And I am so excited for the next part of the show. It's brought to you by Giant Bicycles, which have been a big sponsor of mine. And we've got a giant character and a really true champion of track cycling, Anna Mears, coming on. And she's a four times Olympian and two times Olympic gold medalist. Her resume is as long as your arm. It's so unbelievable. She's been 11 times world champion and we've got her on now. Hello, Anna. Hello. How are you? <laughs> hey, Anna. This is Dee. That's Vandy. And most importantly, it's just great to have somebody that's a bigger cheese than Vandy on the show. So I, I think that's, <laughs> that's just, not hard. That is just fantastic. Anna, thanks. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. Hey, um, we actually met years ago, believe it or not. I interviewed you when you were coming up to the Beijing Games at BHP. You might not remember me. I don't blame you if you don't. Many people don't. But uh, I remember, and you know what I learned on that is that your father was a miner. Tell us about where yeah. you grew up and how you got into cycling. Yes, um, that is a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like um, yesterday to me. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
No, my dad was a coal miner for about 35 years and um, he originally came from New Zealand and came across to Australia when he was 19, um, built a number of the dams and bridges throughout uh, Queensland and eventually found himself in central Queensland uh, in the coal mining industry where um, he met my mum and obviously then the, the, the four Mears, Mears kids came along <laughs> and um, I grew up in the coal basin of central Queensland for the first probably 14 years of my life. Wow. So, and, yeah, uh, blue-collar working family. <laughs> is is that around like Emerald or Murrumbah around there? Yeah. So we're, we were in Middlemount, which is three hours inland from Rocky, an hour and a half from Emerald, um, kind of in the basin where you've got Middlemount, Thierry, uh, Murrumbah, that yeah, kind of region. lovely part of the world. And um, mm. you got uh, into track cycling of all sports uh, being in Queensland. <laughs> yeah. Seems a bit strange. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, the funny thing is it was called Middle Mount because there's one mountain in the whole flat district of the space that we, we lived in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and track cycling kind of came to us because um, we'd had a cycling background. Um, we were obviously in a regional area and BMX was one of the biggest sports at the time. So obviously off the back of the 80s of the BMX bandits and yeah. and growing up through the 90s in that region. But um, it was actually... That. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Uh, it was a 94 Com Games on TV that we saw Kathy Watwin gold for Australia on the velodrome, which introduced us for the first time to track cycling. Ah, interesting. And I, I just seem to remember that your, your parents really, really did give up a lot to get you training and going to track sessions. I think they had to drive you for hours each way, didn't they, a couple of times a week? Yeah, it was a three-hour drive each way to the closest velodrome. Mm. And it was an outdoor, flat, bitumen, circular track at Walkston near Mackay. Um, we were driven that, uh, you know, the beef called, was called beef road, so single lane bitumen, um, predominantly for the cattle trucks for the farmers and also the dog trains for the, the coal trains, coal trucks. Um, and that's why it took so long. Obviously, you had to get fully off the road if you ever saw a truck coming, if you wanted to save your windshield. Um, that is <laughs> just yeah, we did. so exciting. I don't know if it's more exciting, the drive or the actual cycling <laughs> itself. And... Uh... Yeah, I, I raced World Cup cross-country mountain biking events for over a decade, and I see your career has expanded over far longer than that. I just, I, I, I struggle to comprehend how you stayed motivated. I guess with the, you had such good rivalries and you're at the top of the sport for so long, but tell us a bit about that. Yeah, um, well, I think... Uh, one of the things that kept me in my sport so long was it, it even though the events were the same, the people that you race and the strengths and weaknesses that they brought were very, very different. And I was fully intrigued by that challenge. It wasn't always just physical. It was mental. It was emotional in understanding how to play that chess game of what skills I had to improve, what I was lacking, how I could negate their strengths and and bring out the best in mine. Um, so that was, that was the game that I really liked about the sprinting side of track cycling, which I ultimately fell into um i was probably built more for endurance cycling but i didn't have the attention span or the interest for a few hours of riding <laughs> so <laughs> this sort of stuff was definitely more intriguing as a young kid yeah. um yeah but you know it uh it's it's one of those things is, is you guys would understand com games and olympic games are once every four years and rotate every two and it's the pinnacle of our sport that was just you know I experienced it the first time um, in Athens in 04 at the Olympic Games. I was desperate to be there again, and you've got to wait four years for another chance. And um, yeah, yeah, once you're in that realm, you start to really realise how rare it is 
and um, and the chance to improve each each cycle is even rarer. So yeah. Anna, your your strength wasn't only as a cyclist, but also your mental strength, your ability to outthink your competitors. Perhaps the greatest strength you have, though, is coming back from adversity when you actually in 2008 broke your neck and then you still made the Olympics that year. I mean, that to me is an astounding story. Just just expand on that a tiny bit. Thank you. Um, I've been retired now for six years and I think I'm realising the enormity of that um, time frame of my life. I think my youth and naivety at the time definitely helped me. Um, and you're just in like the zone, I, said, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very much so. But like I said, um, I realised quite young how rare it was to get to Olympic Games, to how rare it was to win at Olympic Games. And uh, I'd been there in Athens and experienced both as a young 20-year-old and I was desperate to be there again. And so um, I kind of saw my accident, my injury as a real inconvenience to making that happen. And um, <laughs> despite having some understanding of, you know, the like you said, the enormity of the injury that I had, which was a broken neck and to top off a long list of injuries. Um, but I also think that my accident really defined me and my career. I, I learned a lot about myself. I, I learned a lot about my capabilities and that I was really performing on a daily basis well under where I could have been. Um, and the fact that I was able with a team um, to turn it around from literally hitting a wooden wall to winning an Olympic silver medal, I, I think allowed me a perspective to understand that if I could apply myself in that manner again every day, I could be even greater again. And that's why I think London was such a big um, games for me because not just for the rivalry that I had, which helps push through long careers, but also for the belief that I gained in my ability to not just be better, but beat the best. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I got a taste of it and I just, I just couldn't give it up. Rio was so close, but so fast. So. <laughs> yes. And then I got old. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I was watching over some of the events and uh, none of them are more impressive than, is it the Vicky Pembleton and the, the gold medal sprint competition? Um, there was a, the story of the track stand. Could you just expand on that a little bit? Because I find that so amazing. Yeah, so one part of preparation, as you know, is physical preparation. You can do all the work to get the biggest engine under the hood, but then if you don't know how to use it on race day against opponents like Victoria Pendleton of Great Britain, there's no point doing all that preparation. So um, it was my team who helped me understand that a big part of it was got to be mental because of the rivalry to start with, but also because simply of how good she was. Um, and so they started to dissect her and by, by, by dissect, I mean watch over 300 hours of race footage, break her down to statistical data to be able to provide me with a, a picture through information that I could then start to understand what strategy I was going to require to ultimately have give myself the best chance to beat the best. Wow. And um, in a nutshell, uh, you know, what the sprint broke down to for Vicky Pendleton was every time that she raced an opponent from the back, she won about 90% of her races. And when she was in front of opponents, that slipped by about, you know, 60%. So you had to get so her at the front. We, yeah. So we realized that my best chance of success against her was making sure she was in the front every time. 
And so leading into the Olympics, we, we raced from the back position to try and throw her off of what we intended to do. And then come London, we had our trump card of, of using this track stand, which is a skill of just balancing the bike in a stationary position yep. and uh, forcing her from her best and most successful position to her least practiced and least successful. And uh, and as history would show, it would be successful for us. And it turned, turned into Olympic gold. I think that I read a <laughs> quote as well, um, because obviously you wouldn't have been the biggest fan in uh, England that afternoon beating her. You said something like, uh, I'm, I'm not here to have a cup of tea. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, it's a, it's, that is a great statement. Anna, you're, um, yeah, you're a mum now and I, I've got kids and I think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to my life. So you must obviously maybe feel the same as that. And therefore, you know, Trail Towns holidays, having holidays with your family and being able to plan these sorts of trips. And that's what our show's about is showing people who've got kids to go to these places and what they can do when they get there. Do you have a Trail Town that's your favourite? Uh, well, I do, but I haven't been there. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Hey. It can be a future plan. Bounce it off us. We've probably yeah. been there. <laughs> uh, look, I want to I head back to New Zealand um, oh. and be able to run the mountain bike trails on the, the old um, ski trails in the summer. Yep. Um, so in my uh, retirement, I've learned to turn right, and I have done some mountain biking. <laughs> yes. And for ah. those who aren't uh, familiar with that little gag, track cycling, you only turn yeah. left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I've actually discovered in my own town, my own city of Adelaide, that um, the bike trail, ex the extent of the bike trails is just unbelievable, yeah. particularly around the Harson Trail. And um, and I'm only very new to getting out and enjoying cycling, again, let alone including it in a holiday. Like I said, I did it for 24 years. So yeah. um, the joy of riding a bike has taken some time to come back. And since covid um, it's been tough to be able to find places, you know, for travel. So I've enjoyed doing that at home, but the, the goal is to ultimately head back to New Zealand, um, where my partner is from, and uh, and start to enjoy the downhill side of life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you haven't been doing nothing in retirement. I think I saw that you released a book last year as well, uh, Anime is Yeah. Now. Did you know yep. Vandy released a book called Paul Vanderplug Now? It's got three pages and it's written in crayon. No, I couldn't have it right. <laughs> Tell us about your book, Anna. And I'm sure it's a bestseller. <laughs> I haven't uh, even got through it yet. I'm finding it hard going. <laughs> yeah, no, I've done a lot of speaking, public speaking um, with ICMI since I retired. And it was through that that I actually think I learned more about my career um, and the challenges post sport than when I was in it yeah and so um I also needed some emotional distance before I could offer anything I think to to people who are willing to pay a few dollars for a book um you know so going through sport transition I lost my coach to MND um you know there were some really big personal challenges as well and I just wanted to fill the gaps in for people who maybe don't tune into cycling at any other time outside of the Olympic Games that of what happens in life for an athlete in the four years in between. Oh, and, so um, intense. Yeah, it's very intense. And I'm really proud of, of that book, Anatomy Is Now, and it's available at stokehillpress.com.au if anyone's interested. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. 
but um, I'm, a, I'm only uh, a couple of weeks away from expecting Bubby number two. So at the moment, my priority is sleep. <laughs> oh, we are so excited for you. And uh, Vandy and I truly wish you to have a beautiful time with your new baby. Yes, and, good um, luck with the birth of your second child. Uh, and good luck getting over to New Zealand and taking them on adventures. Yeah, I reckon we're two of the luckiest guys in the world to chat to you today, Anna. Really, really kind oh. of you to come on to the Trail Towns world. And you know what? We want to come to Adelaide. We're going to do an episode there because I agree with you. Fox's Creek and Brown Hill Creek. Uh, Brown yeah. Hill, that is some of the best riding anywhere. It's so good. Thank you so much, and Anna. We really, really appreciate your time. Sorry, Anna. Very kind. Thank you, <laughs> You take care. Righto. Right after this break, we've got some exciting stuff coming on SEN with Vandy and Dietz. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. Welcome back. You're with Vandy and Deets, and this is Trail Towns on SEN. And we've got the topic of the week, Vandy. We're chatting about the controversy around e-bikes. Yes, it is a hot topic, e-bikes. They've sort of risen out of nowhere and all of a sudden people are just loving e-bikes. Yeah, the funny old thing, you know, back in the day, an e-bike was used for transport. Say in the 2000s, they had these little hub motors and, you know, you'd see them in Amsterdam tootling around. And it wasn't until around probably 215 that they became a thing in potentially, especially mountain biking, right? Yeah, and they were originally sort of used to commute to work so you weren't sweaty. Like if you're riding to work with a suit on, you don't want big sweat patches under your under your arms. So the e-bike just took that little edge off so you could get to work and be pretty chill. But now they've evolved into a completely different beast. Well, I'll tell you the story. My first kind of I guess introduction to e-mountain bikes particularly was I love skiing as you know I was in I was actually in Zermatt and it was the end of the season the last week before the end of the season it was in 2014 and the guy at the ski high shop was pulling in the skis and putting out e-mountain bikes at that stage you know pretty kind of early models but lining them up one after the other and I said to him what's going on he said oh e-mountain bikes bigger than the skiing now I said you what he said yeah he told me story that in Zermatt e-mountain biking was getting bigger in summer than skiing in winter. And today it is all over the place in Europe. In fact, every pretty much ski resort in the world now has e-mountain bikes as a thing. Well, for people who don't know what e-bikes are, they're essentially a pedal-assisted bike. So when you pedal, the electric motor senses that you're pedaling and it's like someone's giving you a little push from behind. You know when you're a kid and someone gave you a push from behind like your mum or dad, that's what e-bikes are like. It brings you back to that childhood happiness of getting assistance going up the climb. So everyone who hasn't tried one, you should definitely try one. I ride one on a weekly basis. And on Trail Towns, Dietz, Dietz rides one pretty much exclusively. What what was your original impressions of it? Because there is this sort of old rusted on hardcore mountain bike. It's, oh, my e-bikes are no good, you know, blah, 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 blah. But like you're you're a mountain bike, you're a world champion. What are, what's your impression of them now that you've ridden them? Well, they've evolved a lot. So I ride the Trans E 29er. So it's got 160 mils of front travel and a, about 140 mil of rear travel, and it's just really capable. So what I use it for is if I'm riding in Mount Beauty at the Big Hill Mountain Bike Park, you can do way more laps up and down the hill in a less amount of time. And the climbing is actually fun, Deets. Mm, I know. And 
the other thing it does is it, I call it democratizes the sport. So I'm a passionate cyclist. I'm obviously no near, near as fit as you, but I'm fitter than a lot of people that I ride with. And when we're all on e-bikes, everybody's the same. And that's including Hannah, my 13 year old daughter, Elka, my 15 year old daughter, um, Jane and I, when we ride on e-bikes, we're all together. So you can actually enjoy the sport as a group. And you can do hills and it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I actually did a dealer demo day for Giant a few years back when they were launching the Rain e-bike. And we had a group of riders and we're all out there just having the best time and riding together, even though we're all different levels of riders. I tell you what, we're going to be talking about e-bikes constantly. They've increased sales tenfold in five years. In fact, they're just about the only growth industry in bikes in the world. So we're going to talk about a lot on trail towns because it's important. But right after this, we're talking to John Bridges from Across the Ditch. You're with Vandy and Dietz on Trail Towns Radio on SEN. And our next guest from New Zealand uh, is John Bridges. Now, Vandy, we've told our audience multiple times that we're going to New Zealand for six episodes in season two. Actually try and get John on the show when we come down. John, welcome to the show. John, you're born in the USA. You're the EP on the Project New Zealand you are a comedian, mm-hmm. so you're clearly a lot funnier than Vandy and I. And <laughs> That's not hard. <laughs> and wouldn't be hard. Yep. and yep. you are an avid cyclist and you've written a book called Easy Rider. You are one interesting New Zealander. Tell us more. Well, I'm, I'm one of those guys, probably like you two, who always rode a bike and soon became sort of defined as a cyclist. I don't know if you guys have found that, that after a while, if you rode a bike to school and then rode a bike to uni and rode a bike to work, then you do a little bit of other stuff. Maybe you do a couple of television shows about cycling. Maybe all you do is write a book about cycling. And yep. pretty soon people think of you as that cycling guy. Yeah. So, well, actually, you, know, you, you become. When I um, yeah. first started uh, dating my now fiance, all of her friends used to call me the bike guy. I didn't <laughs> actually have a name for months. <laughs> I know we don't need any other names. We just we just are the bike guy. <laughs> and then and then when people are talking about what a pain cyclists are on the road or something, they stop and they realise you're in the room. And there's that embarrassed silence. <laughs> oh, there's one of them. He's he's there. It's one of them there. I can imagine so, you'd hold your own in the in the social circle though. You wouldn't get too uh, too intimidated by the bike chat. I can get. It's not. There's not many things I can get angry and worked up about. But if people start, you know, if people start. I will, I will, I will finish it. <laughs> but um, and 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 now that I'm in charge of the project, I'm allowed. Basically, I'm allowed. To, you know, you know the project. You guys have that show in Australia, don't you? Oh, we we do, but it's nowhere near as good as yours. I hear. <laughs> well, what we do on our one, because I'm in charge, is we do mostly bike stories. It's mostly oh. the project in Australia. But if you just imagine all the topics they cover. We just cover bikes. Yes, yeah. I love it. We can't wait to watch it when we're over in New Zealand. I, I can't wait. We're coming to New Zealand now. Tell us, uh, New Zealand really is an amazing place to ride bikes. I've ridden in Wanaka, for instance, and I just love yeah, Wanaka. Yeah. Tell us about you know bike riding in New Zealand. What can we expect, and why is New Zealand almost like the pioneer of trail towns? Well, you can you can ride anywhere in the country. I think Australia's got a lot of riding. You guys know, but in New Zealand, there's just a variety of scenery. There's almost everything from high deserts to uh, you know alpine lake terrain. You've got scenic beach coasts. You've got just every single possible sort of terrain in a very small area, which New Zealand well, it's a relatively small area. You can yeah. ride from the top to the bottom. You can do a whole trail 
from the top to the bottom and hardly go on the road all the way. There's, um, there's a big trail that, that sort of joins. In every region, there are these more and more of these trails building up. You could do something on the, on the flat, like a rail trail. I know you guys have got rail trails in, in Australia as well. And then you can go all the way up to the Old Ghost Road, which is this incredible road at the top of the South Island. Which oh, we in, keep in hearing the, about in it. The, <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to go on this. In the 1870s, in the gold mining days, they thought, why don't we join these two areas, like from Lyle to the Mokahinui River, River? And it's about 85 k's, and they thought they'd build a road there. And then they, they, about five minutes into the build, they said, oh, this is not a good idea. We can't do this. <laughs> and a few years ago, some intrepid, some intrepid bike guys in New Zealand decided, we're going to complete this road. And they did. There's 21 bridges in it. Tell me, oh. your, your book, Easy Rider, Kiwi's Guide to Cycling, tell us about that, because it sounds very cool. Well, it just was the idea that there's so many obstacles to riding a bike for people who are just getting into it for the first time. And I'm just talking about everyday riding now, right? Riding to work. It's the simplest thing you can do. It's the greatest thing you can do for your life. It's the most beautiful. I honestly, honestly think it's the most beautiful form of transport and everything that it does for your life is just utterly beautiful. Yes. And oh. the shame of it is that some people, it just seems like a big barrier, you know, whether it's the barrier of, I don't know what kind of bike to get to. I'm scared of the traffic to, I'm scared of the hills and I, I can't do it. But everybody can do it. It's, that, it's discovering that simple joy of riding a bike that you had as a kid when you learned and realizing that that simple joy is there for you every day if you want it and it's not hard. So that's what I set about to do with this book is to just you know, give, somebody, give people a really easy step-by-step how-to guide so that you can, you, know, you can bring cycling into your own life. John, I've really, and I think, heard, you know, I've really I, heard someone describe cycling as well as you just have, and that is exactly why Vandy and I decided to make Trail Towns, for that feeling that you just described. Just stunning, mate. Right. Yeah, well, you guys, you know, you guys are doing it. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm really envious. You guys are doing it every day for a job. What's going on? No, well, um, so obviously you're the executive producer of the project and you've made it all about cycling because uh, that's your passion. And, I mean, our, our big question is, do you reckon we could come on the project when we're in New Zealand? Yes. How yes. Are, how are your oh, ratings? Gosh. <laughs> Look, it's two minutes. It's a little bit late. I've got to actually go, guys. Um, I can hear the team calling me. And um, hey, guys, I'll be there in a second. I'm just, I'll just be in. It won't be long. Sorry, guys. Yeah, just, sorry. The line dropped out then. Um. Yeah, yeah. We'll call you. Hey, don't call us. Uh, now, John, tell us about your favourite trail town in New Zealand. What is it? Um, my favourite trail town. That's a really good question. Um, my favourite trail town would be. Oh, okay. Give me a second. There's yeah. just there's just too many. My favourite triathlon is Auckland. That's that's the town I live in. But it's not where I recommend that you that you go. Um, you can <laughs> we're going there. Guys. We're, we're actually can, going there. You can. Oh, you're coming to Auckland. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're doing to, an episode. You have to in fly in. Oh, really? Yeah. Where, where are you going to ride? We're going to ride the Hanua Trail, which is just opening up early next year. So, and we're riding oh, around yeah. Auckland and going up to the top of Mount Eden and doing a whole bunch of stuff. It sounds yeah. like a great little town to ride bikes. And in. we're going across to Waiheke Island yeah. as well. So there's a, yeah. there's a few things to explore by bike. And I think even the town of Auckland or the city of Auckland has really good bike infrastructure. So we'll be uh, exploring that. We should do a Contra on our show okay. and your show. Do you want to come on our show? Look <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> at you on, John. We've got good. no shame. We'll have you on you... our show. <laughs> okay, great. Um, 
do you want to go again on that? And I'll tell you about and I can tell you about Auckland. Well, I'll tell you what. I we, wouldn't really. We would love to know one fact that we need to know about Auckland, and we're getting the wind up, which is very sad because you are very, very, very interesting. So, what is the one thing about Auckland that we need to know as cyclists? The main thing about Auckland that you need to know about as cyclists is that there is there is a, a multitude of places to go around Auckland. It's a, it's a matter of getting out of the city, right? There are yeah, some cool hub. things in the city. You can go. Up, you got Mount Eden, etc. But if you run a ride for like about 50 k's, a lovely 50 k ride uh, there and back, 50, 60, 70 k's, is to go out to Piha or up to Karikari or Bethel's Beach, the West Coast beaches where they filmed the piano and all kinds of movies. And you can do a beautiful ride up into the Waitakere Ranges, up you know about to a 400 meter high climb, and then back down to sea level, and then back up there to get out and come back. And in about three, four hours, you can have ridden out of Auckland and back. And had this incredible scenic journey. So, so that's the one thing I'd say you need to know. Oh, we oh. can't wait! Thanks so much for coming on, John. John, I, I reckon we might need to get you back on if you're uh, if you're available because it has just been fabulous talking to you. Thank you so much for joining Trail Towns on SEN. And in a moment, we'll be chatting about some of our favourite behind-the-scenes moments of the Canberra episode. Don't go anywhere. Can't wait. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. This is Trail Towns Radio with Dietz and Vandy. Now we're going to chat about our favourite moments from the road of Season 1 Trail Towns. And this week it's Canberra, the nation's capital, Vandy, and quite frankly a stunning revelation to me. Yeah, Canberra, I've got a pretty strong connection. My Two of my brothers live there, the identical twin brothers, Evan and Mark, and uh, some of my best friends live there. So I've gone there a lot over the years, and it's evolved so much. Like, it's it's got this beautiful hub of a town, but then, as we said in, in the show, there's all these nature reserves, which are 15 minutes from the centre of town. Everything in Canberra <laughs> is 15 minutes. Now, obviously, when we were researching the episode... We would read all this stuff, but I hadn't been to Canberra for a long time and literally my eyes were wide open by the trails, the mountain biking, but the the way the trails are laid out around Canberra, it just makes the city so easy and so accessible. And you can get to all of these national monuments, these amazing things, you do them all on a bike and uh, it's safe and it's kind of flat and it's, it's just fabulous. Yeah, the bike infrastructure with the bike paths, the the lanes that you can ride in, like the bike lanes and also the mountain bike parks because they had the world's there, the world championship mountain bike event there at Stromlo Forest Park in 2009. And that place has just gone from strength to strength. There's the handlebar cafe, which does burgers and beers and everything at the bottom of the trailhead. There's a pump track for the little kids and the big kids. Everyone's having fun just riding around. And uh, it's just cool to show you a place that you've not been because you've been a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, that trailhead at Stromlo, I've, as you know, I love, I've got friends in America and I go riding in Arizona and Colorado. I go try and do it every year, right? That Stromlo trailhead is the best I've seen anywhere in the world. It was outstanding. And I'm a bit of a craft beer man. So when we found that Capitol Hill Brewery, I hadn't been there before. So yeah. we were there on a afternoon. It was sunny. 
there was just people having fun chilling out. It was just really refreshing and relaxing place to, to check it out. And, uh, you were sporting a bit of a wound for that shoot, mate. I was got to say, I got out of ER in time to go to that particular scene. I was limping in that episode. Everyone sees the episode. You can see one stage I'm walking along. Next minute, I've got bandages around my knee. So Vandy and I were at Madura Pines and we were riding. There's some great riding at Madura Pines for yeah. anyone that rides, whether it's, you know, double black, really old school stuff, oh, through there's... to beautiful flow trails, right? Yeah, they've had races, cross-country races there for years. And uh, I remember going there as a kid watching my brother's race. And then, yeah, we were just riding along one of the cross-country trails and I was just uh, enjoying the flowing single track and I look around and there's a big puff of smoke. So what happened there, mate? Well, I just wasn't watching where I was going, right? And then all of a sudden I look up and there wasn't a trail anymore. So I I just washed the front out because it's a bit loamy a little bit. I thought you were also having a problem with the dropper seat post, if I don't recall. Well, something was going on. But anyway, I land, my knee landed on this rock. I I wasn't wearing knee pads. That was like the Matterhorn, right, in Switzerland. Like it was that that sharp and went right into my knee. And then I had to go to the Canberra hospital. (laughs) Nearly had, they were nearly going to put me under a GA because the cut was so deep. And I said, guys, it's me. I'd like some credit first because I actually had to do some first aid work because it was pouring out blood from your knee. So it was pretty gruesome. I know. There was some great stuff there. But we've got to wind this up. We could talk about Nick Curios. We'll do it in another episode because we met him too up there. <laughs> we did. He loved us. <laughs> anyway, we now, look, we had so much reaction to him last week. Jamo's back again. Our weekly Shimano Trail Towns. Terrific. Top. Tip. Tips. What I a tongue twister. Get it right. I'll get it right. With Jamo coming up next. You're with Vandy and Dietz on Trail Towns. And now this is the Shimano Terrific Top Tech Tip with Jamo. Jamo. Whoa, he's a legend of mountain biking, Vandy. He, uh, he's actually he's one of my best mates. Plus, he used to be my boss at Vic MTB and used to pay me. I don't actually know what I did in the store. Certainly didn't know anything about bikes. But anyway, Jamo, you're going to give us the lowdown on bikes and bike maintenance and just tips in general, aren't you? Yeah, g'day, Duda. G'day, Paul. No problem. What would you like to know? Well, uh, we just want to know, I, I see a lot of people with flat tyres, and what's your, what's your tips for fixing a flat tyre? Uh, well, out on the trail, you, you know, you've got to be ready to do that. You need to have a spare tube, you need a patch kit, you need some tyre levers, and you need some method of inflation, ideally a pump. But above all, you know, beyond all that, you sort of need to know how to do it. Um, so, you know, it's not a bad idea if you haven't done it before, maybe have a practice at home. A lot yep. easier to do it at home than in the rain on the edge of the, on the side of the trail. Oh, we don't ride in the but, rain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but having, having said that, you, you know, if, at least if you've got a spare tube with you, you, you know, you can always wait till someone comes along that knows how to do it, I guess. Yeah, so your tip is just bring the spares and then get someone else to do it. At least have a spare. Don't be the guy that, oh, i got a flat tyre, you know, oh, I haven't got a tube, can I borrow yours? Yep, but the basics is you have to rip the wheel off, somehow get wrestle the tyre off. You might need tyre levers, I guess, and then put a new tube in and pump it up and whack, whack the wheel back That's in. That's it. Off you go. Good oh. idea to have a patch kit in case you stuff it up and you, at least you've got a second chance there well, if you've got well, some patches. You know, of course, our mutual friend Dallas Jammer, who worked at Vic MTB with me and you. Anyway, 
I've just realized we've been riding 25 years. He's never once fixed his own puncture. I've always fixed it. Now I know why he's my friend. Well, he'd get his hands dirty. We know he wouldn't like that. <laughs> he wouldn't. You know, you know I, I got caught once with a, with a flat tire, and um, I was way out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know why I didn't have a tube, but I didn't. Um, and I stuffed the tire full of grass. And <laughs> Bit of bush mechanics. Of, <laughs> grass. I mean, grass on the side of the road. Um, and we, um, I, I rode for a little bit on it. It sort of flattened out. So I had to repack it a couple of times, but I actually got enough in there that I was able to ride home. So, I mean, you know, um, necessity is the mother of invention. And, and, you know, above all, if you've got your mobile phone and 20 bucks in your, in your back pocket, that's probably the most important thing of all. Because then is. you can just call someone. It is. You well, can call mum, whatever. Yeah. Or, and you can go and sit in a cafe and wait for your wife or, or whatever to come pick you up. <laughs> Which I've done before. <laughs> <laughs> what about for the modern bikes, like the disc brakes? They're a bit easier to adjust if you get a slight rub, which you can get often. Yeah, the other thing that happens is, you know, you take your wheel out and sure enough, some knucklehead that, you know, squeezes the brake lever and that pushes the brake pads together. If you, you know, if you've got a hydraulic brake and then you can't get the wheel back in, the disc won't go back in between the the, the pads. So in that case, you need something like a flat blade screwdriver or whatever you can find, a stick or whatever, and get in between the brake pads and just pry them apart again. And that'll reset them. So pry them apart so that you can get the the um, disc back in, get the wheel back in. Gemma, That's tell, always us, a bit of... tell us about chains, because when you drop a chain and you're not used to getting a chain back on, especially if you're running a, a couple of chain rings at the front, not just a single chain ring, what's the trick to getting that chain back on but not actually like cutting a finger off or making yourself covered in grease? Yeah, well, um, often the chain will go over the top of the biggest cog. If you've had a little crash and you bend the bend the derailleur or bend the tab, and then later on you shift up to the biggest cog, the chain can go over the top of the biggest cog and jam down in between the um, the biggest cog on the back and and the spokes. And in that case, you need to grab hold of the chain, uh, the top run of the chain. So it's like, like, like looking at the bike, you need to grab the top of the chain, the top run of the chain, and pull it back towards the back of the bike and extract the chain out of that, out from that gap in between the biggest cog and the spokes. Oh, this, and is, then sounding, reset it. this is sounding a bit technical. I think we've actually run well, out of time, Jamo. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> we're always going to leave the, the, the audience with a little tip from Jamo. And yeah. you taught me a long time ago, what happens to half-wheelers at dawn? Half-wheelers at dawn. Yeah. I think you're going to have to tell me. Oh, you know, well, well, we'd, we could... we'd go riding with Dallas and he'd half-wheelers all the time. We'd, we can take this bike ah, out of dawn. Yes. Give him a yes. flogging. Half-wheeling. When you're riding it, along, it, never it, stay, that's stay enough. with your friends. That is all stay we've got them. time for for the Shimano. <laughs> Terrific top tip tip with these two bambling fools. See you, boys. So we'll see, see you next week. week. And that was Jamo with his Shimano Trail Town's terrific top tech tips. I got it this time. And I tell you what, next week we're going to ask him about the five rules of mountain biking. Oh. But what's happening? Is that it for us? That's it. That's all we've got time for. So <sighs> I guess massive thank you to Anna Mears and John Bridges and Jamo again for joining us on this week's episode. 
and you can reach us on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the YouTubes and all the various social channels we have. We actually own social media now. Did you know that? Oh, no, we definitely <laughs> don't. But give us a follow to boost our likes. Um, now, uh, congratulations to Georgina von Malberg, who's won the pillow. And her answer for the question, the temper pillow, it was... You can't put a price on true love. And that was in answer to how much is too much to spend on a bike. And I just loved that answer because it's so true. Now, Vandy, what is this week's temper question for a free pillow, a $200 pillow, the best night's sleep of your life? Oh, yes. And get your entry in because this is about the Canberra episode. What did Dieter think he had left at home? And we're going to go with first in best dressed or... Best rested on a new temper pillow. Ah, oh, what a what a what a beautiful thing they are. Well, Vandy, I'd like to thank you for today. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to Trail Towns on SEN. We're going to catch you next week, and you can listen to us over and over. And we can serenade you to sleep. Night night. <laughs> One thing to say. <laughs> See, See you later. later. <laughs>